Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. Rob Kosberg here with another episode of the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I have a friend and someone I think that you're going to learn a great deal from, Mr. Stan Miller. Let me tell you a little bit about Stan, and then we're going to dive in, talk about Stan's book, how he's used it, and uh, his purpose and reason for writing it. His bio is quite long, so I'm going to share some of the highlights of it. But Stan is a managing partner at uh, the Stan Miller Law Firm in Little Rock, Arkansas. Stan is super super passionate about the power of estate planning and the positive difference that it makes in the life of Arkansas families and really families all over the United States. Uh, Stan was an early pioneer in living trust planning in Arkansas at a time when most law firms were in favor of probating estates, which is obviously more costly and time-consuming. He's established over 5,000 living trusts that have protected more than $4.5 billion in advertising. Stan also is a leader in estate planning and uh, helped to found something called Wealth Council LLC and also Elder Council LLC. You can find both of those at wealthcouncil.com and eldercouncil.com, I believe. Stan will correct me if I'm wrong about that, but that's a little of how we met. Um, Stan is the best-selling author of Your American Legacy, Powerful Strategies That Instill Lasting Value for Generations. We're going to talk a little bit about Stan's book and some of Stan's work. So Stan, thanks for being on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I've loved already catching up with you and I'm looking forward to doing more of that. Rob, I'm flattered you asked me. It is good to catch up. You know, Stan, maybe we can begin with, you know, you've been doing this a long time, protecting four and a half billion dollars in assets, and it's probably a lot more than that. And you've also been, you know, really a thought leader in this field, establishing Wealth Council many years ago, Elder Council. Give me some background into what was really the impetus to develop Wealth Council, Elder Council, to go as deep as you have gone, because you can live a great life, and you have, and do with your wife and family there in Little Rock, Arkansas, but you've decided to really you know, go deep and branch out. What, what was the driving motivation of all that? Well, I'll see if I can make this brief, but uh, I'll tell you, when I got into the estate planning space back in the mid-80s, there were no tools, there were no books, there was no software, there was no community, and it was really lonely. And it took me a really long time to reach what I would consider to be a level of real competence. And so when I was in a position to influence the process, you know, I became very proactive in helping build this business that we created at Wealth Council and then later at Elder Council that provides the software to create documents, the education, to train people how to do that. And probably most importantly, the community to plug into so that you build a set of relationships of people that you can call when you don't know what to do. And we've done a really good job with that, but I didn't have any of that. And periodically today, I feel a twinge of jealousy of all the kids coming in these days because you know I've, I've got a couple of young lawyers that are in training in my firm right now, and they're literally swimming in resources. They're overwhelmed by all of the available content that we're having to schedule out so that they can also actually get, you know, get some work done. But what I discovered, and one of the things I will tell you about estate planning 
it's almost not like practicing law. You know, you think of law as being this adversarial thing, suing people, all that. Estate planning is not like that. Estate planning is almost an art form in which the more effective you are at opening up, getting people to open up their hearts and their souls and laying it out there for you, the better you are, the more effective you are in the work that you do. Because ultimately, the work we do for clients, for the most part, does not actually benefit them. Right. If you think about it, right? I mean, the people, I mean, there are some things we do in asset protection and tax savings, income tax. By and large, the work that most estate planning law firms do is work for clients who care about other people. And they're paying us money to do things that will really only benefit people after they're dead and gone, right? So wow. people don't come to us who are miserly and selfish. They're people that have an impulse to have a positive impact on family. So we have the advantage of having people like that find their way to us. And what I discovered is that many times in conversations, people would really open up their hearts in, in ways that were intimidating to me. There, there was a quality of intimacy about it that was at times a bit terrifying because they were so open, so candid about what mattered to them about their desire, not just to save taxes and simplify things, but also to make sure that, that their children had the values that mattered. You know, these are people that by and large have worked for what they have. And they they recognize that in order to, to live a successful life, there are a certain set of values that you have to live out in order for your life to really work. You've known people, I'm sure, who lacked integrity. And what you know about them is their life really did not work. Yeah. They may have experienced momentary blips of financial success, but ultimately it all crashed. And so by and large, our clients know this at some intuitive level, and they want to make certain that the values that matter get passed on in ways so that their children and maybe even more so grandchildren possess those values and live out those values so that they can live a successful life. And I would have people on many occasions, you know, open up to me about that. And we'd have to reach over and get the Kleenex. Right. We'd cry together, but I always had this feeling that I was uncomfortable in that space because I did not know what to do. I had no solutions. I had no no thing I could bring to the conversation that would make an impact. And so that's really what prompted the book. It was a book I wrote for myself because I was saying to myself, I really don't want to feel that sense of inadequacy in that conversation with clients. And so my purpose in the book was really to provide a structure, a format for myself to think through what the tools and solutions are so that when those conversations happen, I would be able to lean into that and and have real substantive things I could offer. And what I've found is that I'm like probably every other estate planning lawyer out there. You know, we don't we don't want to open the door to a conversation if we don't know how to walk through it. Right. You know, you don't want to be embarrassed in front of your clients. Uh, you, <laughs> so you don't bring up things if you don't know what to do about it, if they bring it up. And so this book was really written for me and hopefully for a lot of other guys and women out there who had this conversation with clients. So I want to be able to provide a framework and a roadmap for how to have the conversation and how to be able to offer a set of solutions that would be appropriate and be a fit for that client. And there's no one thing, right? I mean, it's a lot of things. And so, you know, what I created is a framework of 10, basically 10 different strategies about how to approach this. My experience is, is that one of those strategies will work for just about everybody. 
you know, that not everybody likes everything, right? But right. our job is to sort through and find the right solution. So I really wrote the book so that I could have a greater level of confidence in engaging in that conversation with clients. Right. I love that. And there's probably uh, maybe a, a little bit of a need to define some of what we're talking about because I think most people might think that you being, you know, established wealth counsel, elder counsel, being involved in living trust, being an attorney, having a law firm, that, you know, it's about the law, it's about the passing on of financial wealth. But truth be told, that your American legacy, powerful strategies that instill lasting values for generations, that's the whole point. The point is that there's a lot more that's being passed on, or maybe that is at risk of not being passed on besides financial wealth. In some ways, financial wealth is the easiest thing to pass right. on, right? So talk yep. to me about that a little bit, because you've really written something here that is more about passing on values and stories and legacy from one generation to the next, right? Yeah. So there's some data out there that says that in the next 25 years or so, there's going to be about 70 or 80 trillion dollars right pass hands from the generation that earned it into the hands of a generation that did not earn it you know i'm talking about 70 or 80 trillion you know congress just passed a legislation to put 1.9 trillion out and everybody's yelling about how much money that is we're talking about 70 or 80 trillion dollars passing hands that has never happened in the history of humankind we've never had that kind of transfer of wealth occur you know, from of wealth passing from the hands of people that earned it into the hands of people that didn't on that scale. And so, you know, so I thought a lot about, you know, what are the implications of that in societal terms? What will that do to culture? What happens if that wealth passes into the hands of a generation that's unprepared to receive it? Mm. Ohio State did a survey a few years, like back in 2012, where they found that it takes, on average, about 19 months for an heir to get rid of their inheritance. Wow. Through foolishness. And so what I have come to believe with confidence is that our role as planners, as estate planners, and also our role as financial advisors, you know, is bigger than just doing legal documents for people. And it's bigger than just helping people grow their assets. It's really about helping clients think about the implications of the wealth they've created, think about the potential harm it can do, but also get excited about the potential, the amazing positive things it can do if that wealth is uh, thoughtfully transferred in the right way with the right amount of training and coaching and instruction and, and protection, you know? And so, you know, you know, I feel like we're really on the brink of this incredible opportunity and I think it is an opportunity if we do this right. But I think if we get this wrong, the consequences just culturally, you know, I mean, if, if the wealth of a nation is dissipated in foolish, unwise spending, that has consequences. Right. But the other side of it is, is that if, if we get this right, if wealth is protected and nurtured and handed off to people that are ready for it and have the right values to receive it, it's a pretty exciting future we've got out there. Right. I love it. You know, you and I have known each other a little while, and uh, obviously we were fortunate enough to be involved and, and help with your American legacy, but I have never had this conversation with you. That is so inspiring and terrifying to me personally. 
you know, I mean, I was raised in a really loving family. I was instilled with values, but I never expected an inheritance. <laughs> I mean, I, I just knew I wasn't going to have an inheritance. Right. My kids, I think, I'd like to believe, were raised in a loving family, and I hope we're instilled with values. I've been married for 30-plus years, and yet they are going to get who knows, right? I mean, I could blow it between now and then, <laughs> but I certainly have acquired wealth in my life. And uh, holy cow, are they prepared for that, right? That's a, wow, that is a frightening and interesting conversation that I think needs to be had. That puts the role of wealth counselor, financial advisor in a much, much different light than just, you know, having a couple of documents dotted and signed. Yeah. It's way more than avoiding probate, isn't it? It is way more than avoiding probate. And I've always known, I've known, you know, we have what, 10,000 baby boomers retiring every year. And, and I've heard about this transfer every, of wealth. Every day. Right? Sorry, every sorry, day. every day, 10,000 a day. My apologies. And I've heard about this 70 to $80 trillion wealth transfer. I have never thought about it in the terms of going from the generation that earned it to the generation that didn't earn it. That's like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's terrifying. So thank you for writing the book. I love the book. It has motivated and inspired me. You know, I am writing my own legacy book about how to write a legacy book. And part of my impetus to finally pull the trigger to do that, which should be done in the next few months, was uh, just the, the motivation that you gave me from completing yours. So uh, I don't know if you knew that, but mine I should be done soon. I did not know that, and yeah. that uh, you're making my day there. I'm really, really uh, glad to hear you're doing that. And, I, and I've got to tell you, you didn't ask me to say this, but I really do have to say that you and your team, too, I give your credit a lot of team. You have some really talented people True. working for you. And the thing that I was not prepared for whenever we initially established our relationship is – I didn't really get how much you guys actually cared about this, you know, and I see that I see that reflected. I haven't met, you know, I don't have a relationship with all the people on your team, but the people on your team that I know and I spent time with really do have a heart for this. They really have yeah. a passion for it. And it's really quite something to see. And yeah. and you guys were a pleasure to work with. You've gone above and beyond as far as, you know, like all the commitments that you made, you know, I think you guys have far exceeded all of that. And, uh, I'm really thrilled to just you know be able to have maintain this relationship with you guys. Me too. I I was excited about this podcast interview just because I got to catch up with you. You know, I every morning I have a morning routine, and a part of my morning routine is just in prayer and expressing gratitude for the things in my life. And there's almost never enough time to do that because I have so much to be grateful for. And it's funny. One of the things that I'm both grateful for, but it's a little bit of a curse is I was thinking about our conversation today. I was thinking about my clients, and I just thought several of them came to my mind, and I just thought, ah, you know, I mean, one of the blessings and curses of our company being successful is that I have so many really great clients, and I haven't been able to keep up with them in a yeah. really personal and meaningful way. And it just, my heart sank a little bit about that this morning. I was both grateful for how well things have gone. And at the same time, it, it's like it's a double-edged sword in one sense. And I and you must feel that. You've probably cried with so many people over yeah. the years, right? And yet, how can you when you have 5,000 people that, that you've right. helped, right? 
it's a challenge. Yep. Amazing. Well, your it book is. will certainly, you know, make a difference in even many, many more lives. Maybe we can just shift for one minute. We've spent a good bit of time talking about uh, the motivation behind writing the book and eye-opening to me uh, some of the things that you shared. Talk to me about how you're using the book to get your message out, to attract clients, to help others that are wealth advisors and in your same position. How are you using the book to make a difference in your law firm and in others' law firms? I'll tell you honestly, I've been rather shameless about that. <laughs> you know, I found that you know when you when you go to all the work to write a book, and there is some work that goes into that. I, I don't want to diminish the amount of effort it takes to take ideas and put it into a book form. But once you've done that, you're not uncomfortable. I've not been uncomfortable handing my book to people and suggesting they read a particular chapter. So, you know, we've been systemat- fairly systematic about it. You know, we identify, we started with existing clients. We have an ongoing campaign right now where we're sending the book on a, on a stage basis to a certain number of clients every week, following up with them, inviting them to come in for reviews. It's unusual there, you know, I mean, for all the books that have been written out there, Rob, it turns out that, you know, uh, most people don't know anybody that wrote a book. And funny? so whenever they see that you wrote a book, it's kind of a big deal. And it's a way of getting attention in ways that differentiate you from all those other people out there. And so, so we're sending the clients, following up with them. We're using it as an outreach tool to financial advisors. We're actually sending the book. We have a database of financial advisors because financial advisors are a big source of referrals for us. And so we're systematically sending the book to a certain number of financial advisors every week. And then uh, then we follow up with them just in a phone call to see if they're interested in starting a conversation and having, having a relationship with us. So those are two ways. And let, then, let me uh, uh, Before yeah. you go into anything else, because you, you've just dropped some yeah. gold there, I want to dig a little bit deeper if I could. First of all, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're using the book in such a way because that's exactly what you should be doing with the book, right? You want to get it into the right hands. So talk to me. Every single week, you are mailing to your existing database of clients and suggesting for a review, et cetera. Is there any data or can you share with me anything about what that has led to as far as you know, number of people that you're helping in a secondary way. And, you know, I mean, revenue is maybe an uncomfortable thing to talk about, but what has it led to for your law firm? Yeah, actually, I should have better data than I can offer you. We've just recently started. We just moved the firm into uh, a new law firm. And so that's a process we've just begun. So I don't have good data on that yet, but I'm getting really terrific feedback on it. Good. People are really, really quite stunned when they get your book. It's like they never expected that. Right. And so... I will have data in probably three months. I'll be able to Good. tell you what, you know, out of every 10 people we send it to, how many come back in for additional meetings. Well, we'll have to have a follow-up to this then. because and You can do uh, that, right. We're also using the book with new client prospects. So prior to an initial client meeting, we include the book in the pre-appointment package because, you know, these are people that have not met me before. They've only heard about me from somebody else. Right. They never laid eyes on me. And to have a book is a real differentiator. And so I, I think that it's simply improving, I would say, our close ratio, because, you know, when we sit down with, you know, 100 clients, not every single one chooses to engage us. And what we found is that by using the book, our close ratio is much higher. So our 
initial client meetings are more productive because we're getting hired in those cases. Yes. More, the greater percentage we did before. And then we're getting a lot of, we have a significant number of financial advisor relationships that we have. And I believe it is specifically because of the book. It was the book that got the door open. It was a book that the ideas in the book, the framework the book provides that really has gotten the attention of these advisors because there are so many people, other guys that do what we do, knocking on their door and saying, please send me business. And we have a different message. We're saying, we actually have a framework for how to think about this. We have a process and our message is one that your clients want to hear about and it will help you connect with your clients in a way that will be good for you. Yep. So it's really about, it's our yep. tool for developing partnership with that advisor. Love it. I love that you're mailing every week to financial advisors. You're going to see, I think, I mean, for what the cost of the book is, right? I mean, you can print your book for three to $5 and put it in the mail right. It always amazes right. me. This is a, a strategy we suggest to our clients. If if you're someone that wants speaking engagements, then you should mail a copy of your book to whoever sets up those speaking engagements within an association, within a, a private organization, uh, a CEO, etc. You want to put your best foot forward. And what is better than your book as your your best foot forward? I love what yeah. you're doing with clients too, Stan, because you know your book is. Um, it's filled with your heart, I think. And um, obviously, I think that's the sign of a great book is when when your voice gets attached to your book uh, through your stories and through, you know, your real intention. And so there's always the antiseptic part of here's the things you should do to protect your finances, to make sure that you stay out of probate, etc., and anybody, in one sense, can give that direction. Anybody that knows, of course. But, you know, people want more than that, right? They want a connection with you. Right. Yeah, can and you, one thing I've discovered, by the way, is I'd like that, to hear it. You know, yeah, to hand people a book, you know, believe it or not, for a lot of people, handing them a book and suggesting they read it is a big gulp. And so I don't <laughs> do that anymore. What I do, we've had these, uh, these paper clips, these bookmarkers printed that have our logo on them, and so when I give a book away to somebody, usually what I will do, it's probably somebody I've had a conversation with and so I have a little bit of a sense of who they are, where they're coming from. And what I'll do is I'll go in and find one chapter of the book. You know, as you know, I mean, you've read my book and you know, there's no chapter that's more than six or seven pages long and some are three or four pages. And so asking somebody to read one chapter is not a, a tall order. You right. Know, that's, you know, people can do that. And so what I've done is I've said, you may not want to read the whole book, but you know what? This one chapter, I think, is really relevant for you. And so we mark that for you. Yep. And I think that once they read the chapter and it resonates, then, you know, I've found that, you know, quite often they'll read other chapters, you know, but I don't ask for a commitment to read a whole book because that's, for a lot of people, that's a big ask. It is. It is. And you know what? They don't need to read the whole book. Um, right. What they need is exactly what you're giving them, which is guidance on what is important to them. And, you know, they're looking for affirmation. You know, they want to affirm the decision that they're about to make to work with you on preserving their legacy. I mean, you know, the fact that you can give them a book that's a bestseller that thousands of others have read that can help them to just affirm their trust in you. It's gold. I love it. Yeah, it's it, it does feel good. It's uh, it certainly made me feel better about myself too. I you know to finally take all these ideas that 
have been sloshing around in your head in sort of an inchoate way, undistilled, unrefined, and refine them and bring them into some sort of order. It's really good for you. It was good for me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Stan, where can people get more information? Obviously, they can buy your book on Amazon, uh, Your American Legacy by Stan Miller. But if they want some information on you know, some of the other things you've done, like Wealth Council, Elder Council, etc., where's the best place to send them? And, and obviously, we'll, we want to have a follow-up down the road to uh, see the kind of results that you've gotten with your book. But let's give them where they can go now. Yeah, a couple things there. One is, uh, you know, the book's also available on Audible. And, um, you know, I read the text. My wife and I read the book together. She read all the quotes. So that was really a partnership activity. She went to the studio and did it all in 30 minutes. I had to do eight different sessions over a two-month period. But <laughs> she had the easy part of the job. But there are a lot of people that prefer to consume books by audio because you can do it when you're working out. You can do it when you're you know, riding your bicycle. You can do it, you know, uh, you know, when you're commuting, whatever. And so that's, you know, I found that's a good way. My law firm website is stanmillerlaw.com. Also, and I didn't, this was not my idea, but the guys I work with who've been helping me promote the book thought I needed to have a website of my own. It was a bit uncomfortable to do that because I, I, I felt, you know, it didn't feel quite right to do it, but they told me I had to. And so I did. And so the link to that is standmiller.com. Standmiller.com has been taken by some yacht broker down in Florida. I didn't get I Standdmeller.com is there. and on that site, you know, I, I do. Uh, there's a little bit about my personal history. I've got a couple of videos I shot where I talk about the vision of what we're trying to accomplish here. Love it, Standdmiller.com. So yeah, and, I, and let me mention also Wealth Council, uh, and that's Wealth C O U N S E L. You know, like the lawyer, WealthCouncil.com. You know, that's a company that I'm really proud of. I co-founded it with a number of other people, but that company has really has and continues to make an ever increasing impact on the lives of American families because we provide the tools and resources to help advisors ha- make that connection and provide really well-informed solutions. And yeah. and so we've grown it from it's not technically my garage because at the time I didn't have a garage, but uh, <laughs> my wife was the only employee and we didn't pay her, but we now have about 85 employees and about 10,000 lawyers that use our products. And we're in, we're in every state and territory. And you can find one of those lawyers at estateplanning.com. That's the site that we own, estateplanning.com. Uh, you can just type in your zip code and you can find one of our members and they come up, you know, in proximity to you. So, yeah, I'm really proud of that. That's other than being a uh, dad of the naval aviator, that's my greatest accomplishment. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Stan, thanks for sharing your heart. Thanks for giving your time. Uh, thanks for the extra time that you and I got to spend even off this podcast. And, uh, you know, I think people are, are we'll put all those websites in the show notes. And uh, no matter where you're at, whether you're someone that needs uh, maybe to have a financial advisor, an attorney, look at your stuff, you know where to go. Or if you're an attorney or a financial advisor, there's some uh, some great tools that Stan has had. So Stan, my friend, thank you. And uh, we'll be in touch for the next time as well. Perfect. Always a pleasure, Rob. Thanks.